0: All right. Well, welcome again. So good to be together. And uh, welcome to those of you who are watching us online. Glad you've joined us that way. If you happen to be new to us this morning, just a special welcome to you. We consider you our guest. And if I haven't met you yet, my name's Todd, and I would love to. All right. Hey, we are only three weeks away from the greatest holiday in church history, the Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, which is really exciting. And so, Here at this church, it is going to be a big weekend, and what I want to do is just give you a few of the logistics so that you can begin to plan as you plan all the things you're doing that weekend to celebrate. A couple things. First of all, Good Friday, we're going to have two service options, 6.30 and 7.30. At 6.30, we're actually going to have kids ministry for birth through kindergarten. All right, so that parents can come and you can bring your first graders and up. We feel like we have a service they can handle and even have, be meaningful for them. And then at 7.30, there won't be any kids ministry. All right, so just to be clear on that, two options on Good Friday. When it comes to Easter, we're actually going to have four services based on our numbers last year and how full it was. So they're going to be Saturday, the 8th of April at 5 p.m. And then there's going to be three on Sunday at 8 o'clock, 9.30, and 11. All right, so if you are a regular attender here at this church, I want to encourage you to consider going to the 5 o'clock service or the 8 o'clock service. Allow some space for the 9.30 and 11, which we believe are going to be maybe the fullest services that we have here. All right, if you happen to be inviting a neighbor or friend that you really want to come on Easter, come whenever they can. All right, it'd be great. Don't, don't inconvenience them. But I think uh, it'll be a great weekend. And just a quick heads up, you're going to see more information on this. We are going to be doing a 24-hour prayer vigil on Holy Week as well. We're, we're literally going to have people coming in out of this building for 24 hours straight praying, all right? More details to come and how you can sign up to be a part of the 3 a.m. shift if you would like to do that, all right? All right, uh, one last thing uh, before I get into my sermon, and that's we just finished up a Financial Peace University class here at this church. We had 17 graduates that went all the way through it. It's not an easy thing, uh, but uh, Rob Bowers led that class um, uh, along with his whole team of financial coaches, and uh, they reported that at the end of that class, of those 17, they paid off $163,000 worth of debt during that class. How amazing is that, right? Um, so there were, there were things like people were selling trucks and, you know, different things just to figure out how they could get in a better financial position. I, want, I say all that to say if you are somebody that would benefit from financial coaching, we have that ministry here now. We have trained coaches that would want to meet with you and work with you if you're interested, and you can get on our webpage. We have a whole financial page and contact Rob Bowers about that, all right? Okay, this is week four of 40 Days with Jesus. We are kind of halfway through, a little over halfway through the 40 days. And, uh, you know, we're going through the Gospel of Luke as a whole church, everybody together. But we're also encouraging you that you would spend time in the Gospel of Luke on your own. And that's really important. I told you this last week. It's really important that you spend time reading God's Word on your own. Because here's the way the Bible works. And when you start reading the Bible, it's not just that you read the Bible, it's actually that the Bible reads you. And here's what I mean by that. The Bible is uh, like a mirror for your heart, exposing to you exactly who you are. Not the person that you hope people see or the person you want to be, but who you actually are. And that's a really good thing. It's kind of like this. I wanted to use this illustration. It's when you're reading the Bible— And you first start reading it, you usually read it with a mask on. And the mask that you have on is to kind of cover up, you know, the things that you don't want people to see, you know, the things that you don't like about yourself. And you read the Bible with a mask on. But what happens is if you read the Bible long enough, I don't know if you heard any of that, the (laughs) muffle. If you read the, the Bible long enough, what happens is you can't hide behind the mask of who you want to be or who you want other people to see you as anymore. The mask begins to be ripped away because you become exposed for exactly who you are for better or worse. And it's a hard thing, but it's a really good thing. That's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about masks. All right, if you have your Bibles, you can turn them to Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12, and it's going to be verses one Through 10, and I'm going to give you my three points now, and then we'll dive in together. The the three points are the truth about masks, the reason we wear them, and how to get rid of them. The truth about masks, the reason we wear them, and then how to get rid of them. All right. So let's dive in first to the truth about masks Luke chapter 12, verse 1. Here's what it says. In the meantime, when so many thousands of the people had gathered together, that they were trampling one another, he began to say to his disciples first, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. What Jesus is starting out doing here is he's saying you got to be careful about these Pharisees because they are not who you think they are. They are hypocrites. They are hypocrites. Now, the word hypocrite, when it's translated into the Greek, is the same word that you would use for somebody who acts in a play or in the theater. Right? That's, what, that's what a hypocrite is. It's someone who plays a role, right? somebody who plays a role of somebody else and not who they really are. And back in that day, and even uh, after that day, a lot of times what they would do in, th- in theater is if they were playing a role, they would put on a mask. And they would put on a mask so they could show you that they're not who you think they are. They're somebody different than, than, they, than they want you to think they are, right? That's why you would have them wear a mask. And so what I want you to know about hypocrites, or hypocrites are people Who actually wear masks so that you would think they're somebody that they're not actually. That's not who they really are. To cover up who they really are. That's what a hypocrite is. And that's what the Pharisees were. The Pharisees played the religious game. What they did is they woke up in the morning and what they did is they put on a mask and they wanted everyone to think they were really holy and religious when actually they had really no relationship with God at all. That's what the Pharisees did. Now, my, I'm going to give you my definition of a hypocrite based on this passage, what we're talking about. Here's my definition of a hypocrite. I'm going to put that up there. It's this, someone who cares more about what people think than about what God thinks. Someone who cares more about what people think than about what God thinks. This is what Pharisees... Did, right? So let me ask you a question. When you're reading through the Gospel of Luke, which characters do you relate with the most? Because if you're like me, you like to go, oh, I relate with the disciples. We talked about this last week. The disciples are a safe people to relate with. Because they messed up all the time, but in the end they got it right. We go, oh yeah, I'm just like the disciples. Right? How many of us go, actually, I'm kind of like the Pharisees. Probably none of us. Pharisees are like the villain in the movie. Nobody wants to be like them. You could say, you know what, I'm a lot of things, but I am not a Pharisee because Pharisees are hypocrites. And nobody wants to be a hypocrite, but remember the definition based on the word hypocrisy or hypocrite. The definition is somebody who cares more about what people think than about what God thinks. And I think all of us may be more like Pharisees, than we would ever care to admit. And uh, so I I want you to see this. What you see in this passage is that Pharisees were playing the game. What they did is they woke up in the morning. They put their mask on really tight to make sure they could play the religious game so that everyone would think they were super religious. But in the end, they were far from God. And I think every single one of us, to a degree can wear masks. We can do things to make people think a certain way about us that's not actually the reality. Here's what Jesus says about that. Look at verses 2 and 3. It says, Nothing is covered up that will not be revealed or hidden that will not be known. Therefore, whatever you have said in the dark shall be heard in the light. And what you have whispered in private rooms shall be proclaimed on the housetops. And what Jesus says is, here's the thing about masks. When it comes to God, they don't work. You can hide as much as you want from everybody else, but it doesn't work with God because God knows every, everything is revealed to God, everything you've ever done. God doesn't just know the, the masked you, the you you want people to see. He knows the you behind closed doors. He knows the you when no one else is looking. He knows the you when you let your guard down at home in front of your family. He knows the you and what you're doing when nobody is looking. He knows the the you that's in your mind when you think some of the worst thoughts that you hope nobody would ever hear or that would never come out of your mouth. God knows those, right? Everything is revealed, and (laughs) that's— That's scary, right? But that's, that's the truth, that masks actually don't work with God. Now, um, here's what Jesus does. He tells his disciples, be careful of the Pharisees. Because the Pharisees uh, are going around, and they're, they're, you know, what they're doing is they're making— um, they're kind of almost bullying Jesus and the disciples— because what you need to know is the Pharisees are trying their hardest to catch Jesus doing something against the law. Doing something wrong because they can't stand him. But here's why they can't stand him. They can't stand him is because the Pharisees put their masks on really tight. And every time Jesus talks to them, it's like he is peeling the mask away to reveal who they really are. And the Pharisees are like, no, we don't like that. And they put their mask on back on because it's like they're ruining he's ruining their reputation and so the pharisees are like bullies trying to get to kill jesus essentially which is obviously what they they end up doing and he's do, they're probably doing the same to the disciples and so jesus is warning the disciples now here's the thing about uh bullies all right little public service announcement on bullying you know um Bullies are interesting because whether it's a bully that's at school if you're a, a student or it's somebody at work, a boss, somebody who's a coworker that ends up kind of bullying you, could be a spouse, could be an ex-spouse, could be a family member, I don't know. But the thing about bullies is this, they usually make you feel terrible about yourself and very, very insecure. But what you have to know about bullies, and what you know, I'm sure, is that um Bullies are always just as much if not more insecure than the ones they're bullying Right because what they're doing is they're bullying you They're making you feel terrible so that somehow it make them feel a little bit better about themselves And what they're doing is they're putting a mask on they're masking what's really going on in their life And there's probably deep hurt and pain And that's the problem with bullies that's the problem with masks All right, so that's the first thing is the truth about masks. Let me go to the next point, which is the reason we wear them. The reason we wear them. It's so interesting because no matter how much we know that God sees everything, we can't hide anything from him, we still wear masks. All the time we still try to hide stuff. And here's the reason why. Verses 4 and 5. Jesus says this, I tell you, my friends, do not fear those who kill the body, and after that, have nothing more that they can do. But I will warn you whom to fear. Fear him who, after he is killed, has authority to cast into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. Right? This is like an intimidating verse, but here's what, here's what Jesus is saying. He's like, hey, don't fear those who kill the body. And remember the context of this. The Pharisees want to kill Jesus. They Literally, well, that's where they want to go, and they eventually are part of that, which we all know is redeemed for our good. But Jesus is saying to the disciples, hey, listen, the very worst that the Pharisees can do is kill the body. That's as, that's as bad as it can get. And so he's warning, he's saying, listen, don't be afraid of the disciples. And you might be here this morning, you say like, well, that, Pastor Todd, that is pretty bad right like the worst you could do is be is kill the body that's kind of bad i get it that's bad but actually what jesus is saying here is not um, is is that that's the worst that can happen the worst that can happen is that a person could kill you now in our day where we're at right now there's probably not anybody in here who's really worried about someone else threatening their life every once in a while that happens but even for us, the worst thing that a person can do to us is probably is kill us, but that's probably not going to happen. Right? What he says is, don't fear people. Fear the one who not only has the ability and the power to kill you, but also at the same time cast you into hell. Fear the one who doesn't just have the power to separate your body from life, but to separate your soul from him forever. Right? That's a scary thought that's something now i don't want us to miss this because this is this is what it's saying this is speaking to why we wear masks the reason why we wear masks is this we fear people more than we fear god we fear people more than we fear god we care about what people think more than we care about what god thinks We give people all the power over us in our lives, and so much less to God. And that's what's so interesting about this passage. Now, let me take a moment and kind of take my proverbial mask off and be super vulnerable with you. This is a big thing I've struggled with in my life. It's called the fear of man. It's called people-pleasing. Call it what you want. I've struggled with it. And, uh, there's different ways I've struggled with, and I think everybody struggles with it from, from time to time. And, um, but what happens is, you know, we, you start to give somebody else, like whatever somebody else thinks in your life, so much power. Maybe you really look up to that person. Maybe they have, you know, a really influ- a big influence on your life, and you look up to that person, and you give them a ton of power, and then they hurt you. And what happens is it, like, paralyzes you with fear, you, you, you just, you, it's like you can't even move on. And I don't know what that is for you. Like I said, it could be a, um, could be a, a friend at school. It could be a, a coworker. It could be a boss. It could be a family member. It could be an ex-spouse or somebody else like that. But that person has is, is got a lot of power over us when we care way too much about what they think and a lot less about what God thinks. So let me give you two examples from my life. One is uh, when I was about 10 years old, right? I had straight-up buck teeth, all right? You can laugh. That's all right. It's kind of funny. Um, I'm glad you didn't right away, though, because you're being sensitive. You know, the, you know where this is going. Um, I needed braces. My teeth kind of stuck out, and maybe you relate with that. And I knew that. Everybody knew that, right? But then the kid comes up to me at church, by the way, nonetheless. And look at me. I became a pastor. That's a miracle, He comes up to me and he says, you're a beaver. Right? Yeah, you can laugh. It's okay. It's okay to laugh. He called me a beaver, like Bucky the Beaver. And I'm telling you, that like for a, a while, I remember that crushing me. I don't remember much about when I was 10, but I remember that. Because that's, that's the kind of stuff that really can paralyze you, right? That can, that can make you so insecure. Okay, let me, this, this happens to kids all the time. It happens to middle school kids, right? Because they're very insecure, but it happens to us as adults. And I want to tell you kind of a more serious uh, story of a time for me where um, there was somebody in my life that I looked up to that um, really kind of exposed some pretty significant faults and weaknesses in me. And the way it all happened, probably not the best way it happened, best, best way it should happen, but it, like, threw me. It paralyzed me. It gave me, like, this fear where I was in a season where I let that person have so much power over me because not only did they do it once, but I replayed it in my head. And I replayed the things that they said, and I replayed the things that maybe they were thinking that they weren't even thinking and it was like a loop in my head, and it was really hard. And I remember at one point in that season, I think I had, I don't know what this is, but I think I had a panic attack. I was in a really rough spot, and here's the hard part about that. I was actually, um, I was actually worse, a worse husband. Like I was a worse father. I was not as kind at home. I was not as patient with my kids, all because I was like a ball of anxiety and insecurity. If this person doesn't accept me for who I am and what I'm doing, then I don't even know who I am anymore. And it was really rough. And as I'm thinking back to that time, I'm in a much better place, but I remember I was like, how do I give that much power to a person over my life? How do I let them control me when they're not even around me? They're not even probably thinking about me right now, but I think they're thinking about me. How does that happen? It's because I cared way too much about what a person thought and a lot less about what God thought. It's the reason we wear masks. And God says, listen, you can't fear man because God has a whole lot more power over your life than any human being. And let me move us now into the third point which is how to get rid of them. How to get rid of them. All right. The masks. How to get rid of the masks. Here, here's the verses six and seven. It says, Are not five sparrows sold for two pennies, and not one of them is forgotten before God? Why, even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, you are more value of more value than many sparrows. All right. This, uh, this is quite a turn. If you, if you, look, we just turned from Jesus talking about the power to cast people into hell to now tremendous care and love for people. And uh, this is very intentional. This isn't like an ADD moment. This is very intentional. Because what here's, here's what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying this, that if you fear God more than you fear people. If you care about what God thinks more than you care about what people think, then here's what God thinks. Even though he has the power to destroy you, he doesn't want to. Right? Even though he has the means to cast you into hell, he doesn't desire that because he loves you. He loves you. And it's not just this impersonal, distant love. It is personal And he gives two examples. He says, hey, you know, sparrows, they're like almost the least of all the birds. Little, they could be, they're like a dime a dozen. You'd be sold five for two pennies. God has not forgotten one of those sparrows. He goes, you shouldn't fear because you, aren't you of more value than a sparrow? And then, he, and then he talks about hair. He goes, hey God, God's numbered the hairs on your head, which I think is funny because I'm keeping God on his toes right now. My, my number changes all the time. Right? But he knows every little thing about you. And, and here's my point. If God knows the trivial things in your life, like the number of hairs on your head, right then How much more does he know and desire the significant things of your life? How much more does he care for your soul? I believe what Jesus is trying to move his disciples to in this moment is to the gospel and what Jesus came to do. What Jesus came to do is go, hey, I know God has the power to send you to hell, but here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to send Jesus to this earth to go through hell for you so that you would never have to. That's the gospel, and when we focus on that and how much he loves us, it begins to change everything for us. If you want to know how to ditch the mask, here's what you have to do. You have to care way more about what God thinks of you than what people think. You have to make God big and people smaller, and it will begin to really change things for you. And you might go, oh, but what if they find out about me? What if they find out about some of my past that I haven't always been honest about? What if they find out about that 1% thing that I've never shared? What if people find out that I'm not as good at work as you know they think I am? What if my weaknesses are exposed? Let me tell you this: God already knows it. He knows everything you've ever done, every thought you've ever thoughts what it says in this passage and here's what he thinks of it he loves you he loves you that's why he came that's why jesus came to this earth to sacrifice on your behalf to forgive you so that you could be reconciled back to god no matter what you've done that's what god thinks of you won't you make him big in your life and other people what they think really really small Here's another way to think about it. If you read the Psalms, there's a lot of verses that say magnify the Lord. Magnify, it's a, it's a worshipful, it's a, it's a way to worship. We magnify, there's a one well, that says magnify the Lord with me, let us exalt his name forever. That whole idea of magnify is really important because you guys know this, it's a magnifying glass. Right? what you do with a magnifying glass is you make something small really big. That's what we do when we worship God, is we make him big. What he thinks about us is the most important thing for us. What his opinion of us is the only thing that matters both now and eternity. So we magnify the Lord, we make him big, and it begins to change everything. And we sort of begin to lose that fear of people that paralyzed us for so long. They no longer have power over us, because the one who has all the power is God himself. What he did with this power is laid it down on your behalf so that you could have a relationship with him forever. It's powerful, right? magnified. But there's one more way to ditch your mask. I'm going to finish with this. Um, verse 10. Verse 10 says this, and this is a hard verse. I had this passage, and I was like, I don't want to talk about this verse, but I'm going to, right? You might know why. As I read it it says and everyone who speaks a word against the son of man will be forgiven but the one who blasphemes against the holy spirit will not be forgiven. It's like one of the only times in the bible where you see something that's not forgiven and I want to explain what this is. So it says that if you if you speak against Jesus the son of man you can be forgiven if you speak against the holy spirit if you blaspheme against the holy spirit you can't be forgiven. Now let me explain what this means. Remember at the beginning how I said that when you read the Bible, it's not just that you read the Bible, it's that the Bible reads you. Like the Bible's like a mirror for your heart and exposes those things. The, what's behind that is called the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's role is to simply expose your heart for what it actually is. All right? So that you might see your need for Jesus, That's what the Holy Spirit's role is. And so if you decide that you know God cares about you, that he loves you, that he gave Jesus for you, and you decide, I don't care about God. You go, thanks, but no thanks. I know you care about me, but I don't care about you. It's just outright rejection of God. That's blasphemy, blaspheming against the Holy Spirit. And God goes, I don't know what to do with that. I can't do anything with that. If, if, you don't, if you don't believe what I've done is true, I've given you all the evidence in the world. I've given my son Jesus. I, God says, I don't know what to do with somebody who doesn't even care about what I've done. That's blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. It's just outright rejection of God. Right? And if you're worried about it, like you're, you're probably sensitive to the Spirit, which is a good thing and a good sign. Right? But here's the... Here's the Holy Spirit's role. The Holy Spirit's role is not to remind you and to tell you how great you are with your mask on and everything. The Holy Spirit's role is actually to show you that you're not great. To show you the things you need to change in your life. To take off your mask, expose you for who you are so that you might see your need for Jesus. Ask for forgiveness. Come back to him humbly and start to make the changes you need to make in your life so for instance today if this message resonated with you and you're feeling convicted like yeah there's a person in my life who has way too much power over me right now and 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 i know i'm giving that to them and i need to i need to leave that behind that's the holy spirit telling you 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 need to make that change you need to make god bigger and that person smaller in your life and if that's you right now then listen to the Holy Spirit. Come and confess that you've been doing it wrong. And come and know that Jesus forgives you every single time. He may not forgive somebody who, never, who has a hardened heart and never wants anything to do with God, but those who are sensitive to the Spirit of God will be forgiven every single time. Right? Would you uh, come to God with all of your fears and make him bigger than anyone else? Father, I love you, and uh, I thank you for doing that work in my life. I still wrestle with it, and you know that, Father. Even as I sit here, I, I confess I, I care way too much about what people think about the sermon. But Lord, it doesn't matter, because I know what you think about me. I know you love me, and I, I pray for each person in here that you would magnify yourself in their life. And I pray that now we would surrender all of the things uh, that we haven't done your way. We would surrender them to you by the power of Jesus and the Holy Spirit. In his name, amen.